On today's insights, what should you talk about on your blog when you, well, run out of things to talk about on your blog? Should staffing firms worry about SEO? And how can you set up a virtual hiring event? Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Right now, we're talking to lots of staffing companies that want to do more marketing, but money is tight. That's why we created three new low-cost marketing services to help you sell more. First, there's Haley Mail Lead Gen, a three-month content and direct marketing campaign to show employers how to reopen for business and better use staffing services. Second, there's Talent On Demand. The service positions your company as an ideal partner for last-minute needs and helps you better cross-sell all the kinds of positions you can fill. Finally, we're offering our digital sales toolkit that combines video email, web content, email marketing, and more to make your outbound sales efforts easier and more productive. To learn more about any of these services, you can give us a call at 888-696-2900 or visit haleymarketing.com slash COVID dash recovery. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights. Tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing, buddy? We're great. We're coming off a, a holiday weekend that, that even my six-year-old daughter said, this was a really long weekend. So that means it was a good weekend. It was a great weekend. I am all in on the long weekend. I'm actually thinking, Matt, I think I got to start baking in more Fridays or Mondays off. That three-day three weekend is, it's nice. It's really great. nice. Yeah, and we got incredible weather. Did you golf last weekend? Golf twice. How do you do? Went to the pool. We did well. Um, pretty well. Low numbers. Good. Almost had a hole in one. You know, still, still searching for the ultimate dream. Yeah. But um, you know, pool, sun, golf, barbecue—really a great. What else can one ask for? Not much, man. That's why we work hard in the winter. Absolutely. All right, man. Let's get to the show. See ya. What should you talk about on your blog when you run out of things to talk about on your blog? It's an interesting question, and Matt, I know I get it frequently from clients and, and prospects that we're talking to at, at Haley Marketing, and I know you probably hear the same from individuals that you're talking to, but let's say you have a blogging program or you've been creating content for five plus years. You know, how many ways can you say the same thing about a similar topic? How many times can you talk about improving your resume or preparing for that first interview? And I feel like recently I've gotten this question uh, a few times, you know, Brad, what are we going to talk about next month? I feel like we've talked about everything that there is to talk about. So Matt, I wanted to bring that to today's show um, and, and just elevate the, the concern of, well, we've blogged for five plus years. What are we still going to talk about? And when I get started coming up with a content calendar or a content strategy, Matt, the first thing that I usually do is look back at data and look at Google Analytics and see what the heck people are actually reading. So if we're looking at the blog, it's what topics are getting read, what topics are standing out from others, and then I use that to my advantage when I'm coming up with content calendars later in the year. So I'm looking at, okay, these articles are doing really well. 
let's create spinoffs of that. Let's create more articles on the same topic, on the same theme, get those articles to start talking to each other and linking to each other. And we start to build this database. We start to build this knowledge base. What do you do, Matt, when you, when you get asked the question, you know, what, what should we be talking about? We've already published, you know, a couple hundred blog articles. Where do we go from here? There's a couple ways to go with the, the answers to that question. You know, your idea of looking at the data and doing more of what works well makes a lot of sense right on the surface because it's the right answer. And to do that, one tactic that I've, you know, used in the past is let's say you had a blog on resume tips or job search that did really well and you had it broken down into different sections, develop each of those sections into a blog and create a little bit of a series to create that database that, that Brad was talking about here because people are engaged with that topic, you know, give them more of that content. I think that that's a really good first step. And your content strategy has to be free flowing. Right now we're looking at attracting new clients, attracting new prospects, really what we've considered the staffing recovery uh, era or, or movement here. You know, how can we sell staffing services right now? Those topics weren't as relevant rather in January. In January, it's how can we find great talent? Now it's how can we drive business growth and how can we find new clients? So yes, you may have written on a topic in the past, but things change and you need to give a new take on that. You need to give new insight on that topic. So you need to be aware of what's going on around you, aware of what's going on in your economy, in in your local market, and add your thoughts on that. And also building off that, you know, local market, what's aware of you, what are questions you're being asked? What are questions your internal team's asking? What are questions clients, prospects, candidates are asking? Because it's not more than likely not just one person asking that question or having that thought. Maybe someone doesn't know how to ask that question or is just a little hesitant to ask that question. Be proactive and address it right on your blog. Write, up, write content around that and create content to address those questions because then also when you get that question in the future, you can share that content in your response back to the original person. And that's what's going to get read on social media too. That's what's going to get good engagement. If you're posting questions that people are asking frequently, you're going to have that, what we consider that thumb stopping content. When someone's scrolling through Facebook and they see a topic for an article that speaks to them, speaks to their challenges, their pain points, it's going to drive that, that traffic to the site. It's going to drive individuals to want to read and, and get that answer. I love the thought of, of answering questions that you get asked frequently. Matt, that's what we do on Insights. I mean, the, the three topics we're talking about today have come up over the past week and a half, and that's why we talk about them. We start thinking through, okay, if we're getting asked this question two or three times, the audience would probably want to hear that as well and would benefit from that. I also think when you have a, when you think about your blog being, you know, what are we going to write about now? Something I think is important is not everybody reads every topic every week or your four topics a month. We are, when it's your staffing company, when it's your business, you're ingrained in that and go to your website probably multiple times a day. And you see that blog post, you know, dozens of times each week. Somebody may come to your website once a month or maybe even once a week. So they're not going to remember or see every single content topic you've produced over the past year, two years, five years. And I think that's where a combination of Brad's idea and then just keeping that in mind will 
will help you with a, with a strong content plan. And I think the one thing that I would leave to end this segment, Brad might have a little wrap up too, is always go back to salary. If you're struggling, people click on salary. Like I haven't seen one content or, you know, analytics that where salary doesn't work well. And it works both sides because candidates want to make sure they know what they're, they're making the right amount and clients want to make sure what they're paying is in line with, with local expectations. It's a great point. Go back to what works well. Look at the data, see what's working well, create spinoffs of that. Think through questions that you're getting asked time after time and, and answer those questions on your blog so that you can stop having to send that email one more time and you have the answer on your blog. If you're running out of things to talk about, go back to the foundation. Go back to what it is that you do and how you help. How do you service individuals and how do you service the, the clients that you work with? You know, how are you helping the local community? How are you helping local job seekers? And add value and, and create those topics, create those articles that speak to pain points, speak to questions people are having and just take it from there. Should staffing firms worry about search engine optimization? At Haley Marketing, we just put together a great 30-page ebook titled SEO Strategies for 2020. Welcome to the new school. We'll put a link to that ebook in the show notes, or if you want a copy of it, you can reach out to Matt or myself on LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to send you a copy of that. Matt, should staffing firms worry about search engine optimization? The correct answer is yes but or we probably wouldn't have a top or a segment here, but they, we need to worry about it in the right way is where, you know, we want to take this segment because, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, we get client emails passed along, Matt, I got this email from an SEO company. They're telling me 87 things are wrong with my website. Should I be concerned? And that fear factor can really make, owners of companies worried because they think someone could go to Google and never find their, their company in a search. So, you know, where we want to delve into some topics here is to really focus on the right areas to be concerned about in SEO for staffing companies. You absolutely have to worry about search engine optimization and you have to think through the fact that people are looking for services without knowing who you are. They're, they're not searching by name most frequently. And if they are, you already have a, a brand advocate there. You're not really attracting a new individual. You're, you're attracting somebody who already knows you. If you think through your own consumer decisions on, on a site like Google, let's say you're looking for, I don't know, a plumber, right? You're going in and you're typing in plumbers in Buffalo, New York or, or plumbing in, in Buffalo, New York, Western New York, and, and you're shown a list of 10 to 15 different companies. Those companies show up based on a, a wide variety of you know, reasons. And, and Matt, I don't think we need to get into all of that today because that's certainly a, a whole nother topic. But you'd make your decisions based on what shows up on that first, second page. And if your staffing firm isn't operating like a local plumber and, and operating to drive that local search, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. You know, it, it's almost scary to admit though, but without a presence online, Matt, you're, you're almost not even recognizable. You know, you're not, you're, you're, I already said it, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not setting yourself up to be found on a site like Google search. Sure. I mean, I, I've said it before in presentations, probably in this podcast and you know, the, your website's your front door to your company now, especially in this much more virtual world that we had before. But you know, how do you get people to that front door? And 
you know, there's a lot of areas that we could definitely talk about. You know, the mobile experience has to be very good because Google put an emphasis on mobile websites a few years ago. It's because they see the trends of more mobile traffic than desktop traffic. So if you're providing users a poor experience, Google's not going to reward that because at the end of the day, Google wants to provide the right results to someone's search. That's basically probably, I don't know their mission, but that's, you know, gets at the heart of what, you know, Google.com does. And really having that strong mobile experience, you know, you know, again, the site structure and really doing a good job of when you build your website and make sure keywords are correct. And, you know, we can get super technical here, but I think just having that right structure in place of a, a strong website name, you know, a mobile experience, the right security on your site will help you provide that baseline for SEO for your staffing company. If you've launched a website in the past, let's say one to three years, the, the scary truth here is that the optimization that was done on that site needs to be tweaked. It needs to be consistently manipulated and consistently worked and reworked sort of like your car, right? You, you buy a car, you leave the lot, and there's always small things that you can do to make that car better. Your website, search engine optimization is the exact same. There's always small things that you can do that have big impact. So if you, even if you have launched a website recently, still challenge yourself to think through how can we consistently manipulate the site and improve it so that we show up better in search. You want to continue to evolve because let's say you built that website in 2017, 2018, what people are searching in 24, 36 months later has changed because we change one, two, it's Google changes the factors. You know, it has 200 factors allegedly that it uses to sort the algorithm and determine what shows up at the top of search results. It's not a public, you know, algorithm, but trends can be seen over time. So you really want to continue to tweak it and improve it. But on the flip side of, you know, your point there, but you don't want to change it every day or every week. It's a, it's a balance of, you don't want to have your fingers in the pot too much and change the recipe all the time. Cause then you're going to ruin that end product of the sauce on the stove, right? You want to have a recipe and tweak it, but not, you know, give it time to simmer and settle to really take those results in and make the most appropriate and well-informed decisions possible. What an absolutely incredible analogy from Matt Lozar. You don't want to consistently modify the sauce recipe, but you want to make small tweaks. Matt, whoo, that was good. It has never been more important to get found by more employers and job seekers online. If you have questions about search engine optimization, I encourage you to check out our latest ebook, SEO Strategies for 2020. Welcome to the new school. You can find that ebook by visiting HaleyMarketing.com or by clicking the link in the show notes below. How can you set up a virtual hiring event? Matt, 2020 has certainly challenged the staffing industry to try new and unique ways to attract talent and to sell jobs to potential candidates. Virtual hiring events seem to be popping up left and right. I know you pay incredibly close attention to what's going on in the recruitment marketing landscape, and this is something that you've talked to me about a, a bunch. So Matt, why don't you first tell us what a virtual hiring event is, 
and then walk us through how you can set them up. Yeah, it's a big buzz term, I would think, right now because of the combination of people are going back to work, but we want to minimize that, you know, in-person human contact with, you know, to put it bluntly, people we don't know because it's still a little bit of a unsure time. So the, the virtual hiring event is finding a way to take that traditional hiring event when candidates, you know, applicants came to your office or maybe another location in your local market and you were able to, you know, hire people on the spot or really go through the process a lot faster since it was in person than, you know, the traditional apply online, you know, go through that that process where it's just more extended over time. So in transitioning into virtually, you know, think about in the beginning, you know, some of the principles are still the same, right? We talked about going back to the foundation in segment one, you need some details, right? How can people apply? Where should they apply? What's the process going to be? Is it going to be video or phone? What's the time and day? You know, just think about those details. And then the next step is, you know, how are you going to get that information out? You know, is it going to, you know, how are you going to send out that information to interested parties? Is it through email? Is it through your job board? Is it through your social media? Is it on your blog? You know, once you have all those details, get that information out to your audiences, you know, definitely the first steps. With the virtual hiring event, Matt, are staffing firms essentially available for interviews so candidates can come on and have conversations with them or, or what should people expect from a virtual hiring event? I would think candidates should expect, you know, it depends what the staffing agency is, is comfortable with, you know, probably in one of that, that first step that I missed before with those details is how will someone reserve a time to talk to your recruiters? You know, are you going to use something like Microsoft bookings or the Calendly tool or another automated scheduling tool. So maybe you have two or three recruiters that can, you know, do an interview from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week. Set those times, set the availability so you don't overbook, double book, triple book your recruiters and your candidates and applicants are happy. And then you really need to determine, you know, what type of interview do you want to do? Do you just want to have a phone interview? Do you want to have you know, use Zoom to have an in-person interview. You know, you could purchase a paid Zoom account, have people sign up, send them out the Zoom links, and only admit them when they're ready. You know, they go into their virtual waiting room, and you can admit them at 10, 10, 15, 10, 30, however long the duration of your interviews are. And that could be a really, you know, low-cost, effective option instead of looking at, you know, there's some great other options, like Brazen has a great option for a chat. Um, but whatever fits into your budget, whatever fits into your process as a staffing agency, do you want to do a phone, a video, a live chat process to conduct those virtual hiring interviews because job orders are coming in, in a lot of states and a lot of them are high volume hiring. So whatever you can do to create the right process to, to screen and to find the right quality candidates will work well for your company. I think it's a great idea. It's a great way to take what would be a normal hiring event or uh, an opportunity to, to network, meet individuals, meet candidates, meet with applicants, and just take that to a virtual setting where people can still have the same conversations. They can still talk to you about their skills, their qualifications. You can still screen candidates the right way and, and make sure you're getting an A player for the role that you're actively trying to fill. But you're doing it in a way that's safe, one, for, for health reasons with, with 
you know, coronavirus still around and everything, but you're also doing it in a way where people can, you know, have that conversation with you when they want. So let's say somebody is a, a working individual who's looking for their next opportunity. They're not going to book a time with you at 1030, but if you have some after hours and you have something like Tuesday nights from six to eight, we're available. Now you tap into an audience who wants to have that conversation, but they can't do it during the day. You know, you're opening this up to potentially have conversations with people who would want to have the conversation with you are just too busy or are booked already during the day and can't. So it's a really interesting way. And Matt, we've, we've said on insights a few times that you need to be available how your target audience wants to be available, right? If, if they want to have that phone call or they want to have that zoom call at a certain hour, it's up to you, the staffing firm to, to accommodate that. That's a great idea. You know, and with recruiters working virtually, it's probably a lot easier to have a hiring event from 6 to 8 p.m. They can do it from their home, you know, their computer there, throw on the headset, you know, the camera and really conduct an interview with people who are already employed, which should, in theory, improve the quality of people you're screening for, which I think is awesome. And who wouldn't sign up for that, right? If you said, hey, Matt, I need you to be online tonight from six to eight, but you can take two or three hours off during the day. And, and now that works with your schedule, assuming it does, but you can, you know, go get nine holes real quick throughout the day or, or, you know, take a longer lunch break or just be outside, maybe go to the beach for a little bit, but you're, you're pivoting that schedule, you're accommodating what the team can do, and you're ultimately providing a better experience for the applicant. It also helps working families because, you know, it could help the recruiter who just needs to take a couple hours off during the day to help with their family, or it could help the maybe the person that, you know, can't do the interview during the day because of childcare or, be, you know, for that reason, just give them an opportunity when they have some more resources available late in the day. I think those are great reasons. And the last point I really want to hit on here is, you know, if you want to take it to that next level, look into a paid option, look into Indeed, Talru, Jobcase, all have paid options where they will target, you know, we ran a hiring event for truck drivers in Southern California because it's, it's really hard to find truck drivers. And we ran it through Talru with our client. And, you know, if you run a paid campaign, the signups all happen in that, in that paid campaign. RSVPs go out automatically, driving directions, you know, text messages or emails the day before the day of. And your team also gets all those RSVPs of 15 people who might not, you know, maybe they no-show or maybe they just aren't able to make it, you know, something happens. So you can still get that information for people who aren't able to show up to your event or even for the follow-up after. It's, it's very organized for your team and, you know, you're, you're conducting a hiring event online to targeted ads. Truck driver is very hard. I'm sure healthcare nursing is very hard and just finding the right platform that's into your budget will, will help you conduct a successful virtual hiring event here in 2020. If you're looking to conduct your first virtual hiring event and you need some help, maybe you're not sure where to get started. Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but feel free to reach out to Matt Lozar on LinkedIn. You could shoot a question his way. I know he would love to chat with you about setting up that virtual hiring event and even talk about ways to amplify that event to make sure that as many people, the right people show up for that virtual hiring event. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking. 
or email info at haleymarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out haleymarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. It's my podcast partner, Matt Lozar. This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.